So let's talk about knocking the cabin. I was going to do a thing where I had a sound effect that was like, <laughs> like a knock, and then I was like, oh, I think there's somebody at the door. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. That would have been fun. Damn it, why didn't I do that? Why don't you add it yeah, in post? Add it in post. Yeah, I could add it in post. You can knock on the table. This is a nice wooden table. Oh, yeah, I'll do. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Movies Last Night. And not only the latest episode of Movies Last Night, the first episode officially really of 2023 where we're talking about a new release. Oh wow, yeah it so, is. Oh, shit, we're yeah. kind of back in the saddle. Uh-huh. The boys so are back in the town. The boys are back in the town. Yeah. Cue, cue, cue the song, music drop. <laughs> I wish, <laughs> copyright infringement. <laughs> Just play it. Play DMC, a, a take down. Uh, a toned down version of it, like uh, just pitch it up or pitch, down, pitch yeah. down, the pitch it up, yeah, yeah, totally. Chops not slopped. <laughs> yeah, first first one this year. Um, did you know that M Night Shyamalan was born Manoj Neliatu Shyamalan, born August 6, nineteen seventy. He's now age fifty two. Interesting, nineteen seventy. So he's. It's funny because he always feels like it doesn't feel like he's in his fifties to me. It always feels like he's, I don't know, it just seems like a younger filmmaker, but he's been making films for forever. Yeah, he's been making them forever. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree with that. You're saying there's a timeless quality to him and his films? Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not a timeless. Um, <laughs> so um, let's have a look. So let's bring up his filmography. Okay, so we have two movies that came out before uh, what I would say is the beginning of M. Night Shyamalan's career, in my opinion, which is The Sixth Sense, which... If I was M. Night, I would claim that as my first movie. Have you seen the other two? No. Okay. Um, one's called Praying with Anger, which I think is to do with a, like a religious high school or something like that, like a boarding school or something. Mm -hmm. I'm just making that up. I don't know. Um, I think I've heard that. And then another movie called Wide Awake from 1998, which came out a year before The Sixth Sense. Hmm. Um, so of his career, what I would class the, the Shyamalan run, Starts in 1999. We've got The Sixth Sense. Yeah, two th well, he's knocking them out. In the year 2000, follows up The Sixth Sense with Unbreakable. Mm -hmm. The next year, that's a pretty big one-two punch coming out the, the gate. Um, 2002, Signs. 2004, The Village. 2006, The Lady in the Water. 2008, The Happening. 2010, The Last Airbender. 2013, After Earth. 2015, The Visit, 2016, Split, 2019, Glass, 2021, Old, and now, 2023, Knock at the Cabin. So he's been churning them out almost every two years, give or take. Just about, seems like. We will, I, I do kind of want us to tier list his movies a little bit, because I think it'll be fun. I don't have access to the internet, so I can't do the um, tier list maker page. You want access? Uh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Well, are, we, are we recording right now? Yeah, of course okay. we're going, but we'll, I can, I'll edit all that okay. out. I'm not going to give you Wi-Fi password away on... Because uh, <laughs> otherwise you find all these cars parked around yeah. there and be like, what's going on? <laughs> Why is my Plex slow? <laughs> That'd be a real problem. Uh, let's have a look. Yeah, I'll edit this out. Okay. Um, okay, what's the... What's the... Does it come up as? The Hacker 4chan. <laughs> For reals? Yeah. Maybe, maybe leave that in. Yeah, I'm going to leave that in. Steven named that. 
Well, they've got a tier list for all of his movies with the exception of the latest, Knock at the Cabin. Let's see if somebody's updated a one. The other one. Okay, we'll just have to, nobody's updated the Tier Maker website yet, so we'll use the standard one. Okay, fun. Okay, so I'm not going to use Wide Awake. We're not going to use the two pre-Six Sense movies. We're going to use the others. So Praying with Anger, Wide Awake are not going to be included in this. Okay, where do we, where do we want to start? So we're going to start... We'll go chron- chronologically. Okay, we're going right into the rankings. Yeah, right. fuck it. All right. Disclaimer off the bat. I have not seen After Earth, and I have not seen The Last Airbender. Yeah, I haven't seen those two. Uh, and then I, I, I wasn't able to watch The Visit before this, so... I've not seen The Happening, Lady in the Water, Sixth Sense. <laughs> Hold up a second. What, <laughs> what's happening right now? You haven't seen The Sixth Sense? Yeah. But you know the twist. I know the twist, yeah. 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 Oh, but if you didn't, God, if I you know, didn't know the twist. Know. You know what? That really irritates. Not like it's not your fault. I'm saying that's that's such a shame that you don't get to see that movie for the first time without the twist because that's basically. I mean, it's an old timer, right there. Well, that's the thing. Like some movies are like serve as an experience, and if you wait too long, that experience is forever changed. If you know the twist, yeah, like, I, I will think, never yeah. have the experience of you all in the theater. I'm I'm assuming having. That dropped on you. Yeah, for sure. Not even seeing it come. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I should imagine that's like for people watching the Blair Witch now. You'll never be yeah. able to see the Blair Witch outside of that initial release bubble because that's that's when it happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I would honestly say though, I do think Sixth Sense is worth worth watching, knowing the twist. I want to see it for sure. Yeah, it's a really, really good. I movie. watched all of Lost, mm-hmm. knowing the twist. Oh, you did? The ending. Oh, really? Uh, the twist. Yeah. The ending. yeah. I still loved it. It's one of my favorite TV shows. Even, oh, really? Mm-hmm. You like the ending? I do. Yeah, okay, good. So you're, you're, you know, you're right. Yeah. 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 That it's sounded like, uh, I'm going to judge you depending on what you say. To <laughs> yeah, I absolutely would. If you don't like the ending, I don't. I don't think the ending is a problem. I think that the, the last few seasons are the problem. I feel like. I can agree with that. It, it becomes it becomes pretty evident, I think, in Lost after about the third season, which the writers admit to, because isn't it when in, when the writer writer strike happened around the third yeah. season mm-hmm. that it became very evident when you watched it at the time that they had no fucking idea what they were doing, and yeah. then that kind of you could tell, like it was like this is just going to be like nonsensical after this. Well, I, th- I think three is the worst season, but I think I think four and five are two of the are like the show at its best. Mm, I like two. I, I really like the really time good. travel stuff and yeah, four and like five. Flash and the, yeah, I'll say yeah. two and three are my favorite seasons. Daniel Faraday is one of my favorite characters mm. in, uh, ever in TV. Um, really getting off topic here. But what was your favorite? We're getting lost. What, what's your favorite season of Prison Break? Because they're all amazing. How many? How many are there? I think it's six. I've seen all of them. Oh, I watched the first one. I remember when it came out. Never seen it. Um, the first season rules. Yeah, it's super good. It's a yeah. It it man. It um. They should have kept it at one season. That would have been incredible. Really? Yeah, because, well, no spoiler, but like they get out of the prison at the end of the first season and then, then it's onwards. But like the, they keep having to go to crazier and crazier lengths to justify the show still being on. <laughs> Whereas like it's so contained on that first season because that's it. Get out of the prison, you know? Yeah. And it's pretty wild the first season anyway. Um, yeah, it's it's a good time. That, that, uh, it didn't really leave you any time to catch your breath. I like, could it commit to a whole season. It just goes. And you, be fine with that. You could do a lot worse than the first season, season yeah. of Prison Break. Well, it is, isn't it like that's like old style network TV. So it's like a tw- it's like twenty four episodes, right? Twenty four, yep. Yeah. Just like the show, twenty four, yeah, twenty five yeah. episodes. It's like, 20. but it moves at a clip. I like, kind of miss that. How do yeah. you guys feel about 
this like new you like that the, the like whole the like, eight prestige episode. era TV there's like 8 to 10 like episodes mm. or like I've just got off TV altogether I just it, don't watch it it really yeah. just depends so my I think my favorite prestige television show is a streaming show so it's not like a HBO or Showtime or anything like that mm-hmm. but uh, the OA is my favorite mm-hmm. show and the second season of the OA I mean the first season I think is almost perfect the second season is off the rails and it's really good in a really good way where you're like holy shit like they're really really going for it and it's like super exciting mm-hmm. and then it ends on such a wicked cliffhanger and then Netflix like no we're canceling it so I was kind of at that point I realized I was like don't stop don't start these shows. They're going to get either going to get canceled or they're just going to run out of ideas and they're not going to re- like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I just don't do them. I just do movies. No. Eight feels too short That's to weird. me. Eight? Eight episodes. Like yeah. 24 feels too long unless there's enough substance and it's not being drawn out with filler. Mm-hmm. I think 12 is a good amount. 12. I kind of miss a good filler episode 14. though. Like, like that, Breaking Bad had one. Or, the, well, yeah, everyone hates that notoriously. Yeah. I think it's great. I, I like that episode Ryan, a lot. Ryan um, Johnson did that one. Oh, you directed yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. I, I think I knew that. Um, but like, there's a, there's a one episode of Lost where like they find, like it's the whole episode is just about Hugo and um, Sawyer and Charlie finding that Dharma van and fixing it up and like riding it around. Like that doesn't advance the plot in any way, but it's like, it's one of my favorite episodes of that show. Well, I think it gives, the, it's the plot time to it gives it room to breathe yeah and it i mean it and does it like it have I don't more know. fun with them yeah you spend more time with the characters yeah yeah, yeah. um uh, so i don't know i think there's a place for filler and we don't really have that anymore um i mean talk in, about in a really shows. ingenious use of the 20 the 24 wiki the sutherland that's mm-hmm. genius 24 episodes 24 hours mm-hmm. let's do this you know what i mean each episode's an hour yeah i did not know that it's every hour it represents like one hour of the day in, in, yeah you know 24 Oh, yeah, I know what it is, but I've never seen it. The first oh. season is great. It's re- It's just like mm-hmm. Prison Break. It's like every episode ends, you know, like, oh my God, I've got to watch the next one, like right now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's pretty ingenious, yeah. yeah. It was like appointment television, like mm-hmm. back in the day. Well, I know it was a big thing. Yeah. Um, this is an appointment podcast, <laughs> <laughs> you know? What, do we, is there a consistent day we upload these? No, not oh. really. <laughs> I, try, I try. I try to do it every Friday. It just doesn't like... I, life permitting i try to do every friday right i would like to get to a point where our listeners could rely on us but nah you can't rely on me um okay can so, rely on us to be unpredictable and fun exactly mm-hmm. exactly um okay so we're going to start at the beginning let's start with the sixth sense gonna be tricky to do a tier list um so daniel we're gonna have to rely on you and i for this one the first one six cents right i'm putting um, it at s tier we can play around with this list too. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be. What's like, the, it's, so it's, it's S. Then. S, A, B, C, D. That's what we're going to do. I put it in A, I think. Okay. So I put an A. Just so, based on my list that I have. Okay. So I'll compromise with you. I'll put six cents at an A and then we can get cracking from there. Okay. So after the six cents, we roll into unbreakable. How's everybody feeling about that? The, uh, an A. A? I, I feel like I need to, I've been, I used to own unbreakable. I watched it. Mm-hmm. A ton of it's times, tough. But... It's it's a great movie. Um, Are we including Knock at the Cabin? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Will we? Um, well, we add that to the tier list at the end of the episode. Gotcha. Okay. No spoilers. Ah, uh, man, that's tough. It's number five on my list, but Oof. I think it's an S tier. You think it's an S tier? Yeah. I think me and Chris are going A. On, yeah. I mean, I would probably go B, but I. So I'll go B, you go S, Chris goes A, so it puts mm-hmm. it at 
a A. All right. Because we've balanced it okay. a little bit. Uh, okay, so after Unbreakable, we go through to Signs. B. Interesting. Ooh, okay. Uh, S. S. Yeah. yeah, it is an S. I think it's his best movie. It's his num- yeah, it's his number yeah. one on my list. Yeah, it's his best movie. Um, okay, so after we have that, then what do we go into next? The Village. Uh, a B as well. Um, I mean, I think A. It's number four online. I would put it, uh, I like I like The Village more than Unbreakable, so I'm going to dump it in the middle with those right now, so it's going to go sitting in A right now. It's It's been a while since I've seen it. I would like to revisit that soon. Um, because I feel like that was the start of his, of like the uh, reception being kind of mixed for his movies. I think that was, yeah, I mean, it was, that was the, f- um, at least among audiences. I feel like critically it was still one, yeah. pretty mm-hmm. well, you know, reviewed mm-hmm. and received, but I think amongst audiences, that was the start of like people not really gelling with his twists yeah. or whatever. Or perhaps becoming a little tired of the twists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little that, bit like, yeah. oh, is this what this is? Are we mm-hmm. going to do the twist all the time? Um, shot by Richard Deacons, The Village. It's an incredible no shit, really? movie. Yeah. I don't know how I didn't know that. Oh God, yeah. If you could, Especially if you go back and watch it knowing that. Mm-hmm. Like the stuff with the fire and the lighting and then like the, um, the reds of the costumes of and against the... It's a beautiful movie. And I think, I mean, it's shot on film too. So it's Deacons on film. Which Did is you know like, was? Was shot on film. Was it shot on film? Yeah. yeah. I listened to um, an interview uh, with, uh, I think it's the big picture podcast. Not, oh, the, not to plug another podcast. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. Um, but yeah, he talks about, um, yeah, they shot it all on film. And like, he, he talks about like the process of like reviewing like footage and like dailies and stuff and like how more time consuming it is shooting on film. But like, he, he just loves the, the look of it. And I love that. Like he, he, he's like a hardcore like film guy. Oh, that's cool. I like yeah. that. I like that. Okay, so we got currently the ranking stand. Um, and I just want to disclaimer, if you've listened to this podcast before, we've done tier lists before. And the rules for Movies Last Night tier lists are, we are not saying that an S rank or an A rank M. Night Shyamalan movie means it's an S or an A rank movie. It's an S or an A rank out of his category catalog so we're only judging the movies on his other movies we're not judging this movie against godfather part two french <laughs> connection part two you know what i mean yeah. because obviously well, it's a different conversation so if you're listening to this and you're going like you guys are ridiculous like that's not an s rank <laughs> you know what i mean for a Shyamalan movie it is an s rank so let's just get that out of the way moving on next we have lady in the water which a while for a while i was a big defender of that yeah that one's going to be towards the bottom for me um, interesting Still, so I'm, we're gonna I'm, go. You've got S through D. So where S would you put D, it? S through D. Not quite a D because I don't think it's as bad as some of the other. Oh ones. God, no. Um, uh, like a C. C. Yeah. Okay. Chris, I've not seen it. Okay, so that would rely on me. I would probably put it at about a C too. I, I used to be about higher on it, but yeah, it's one I'm definitely interested in revisiting, especially after seeing this. Um, uh, and I'm, I'm really happy for there seems to be like a small contingent of people that do really enjoy it. Um, and I love that for them, but <laughs> I haven't gotten to that point with it yet. You know what it strikes me uh, of the of the movies that we've talked about so far? And I'll say this about M. Night Shyamalan's like directing style and like there's a, there's a, um, a sharpness and a conciseness to his movies where it is, his movies feel very lean to me, mm-hmm. Signs is very lean. So is Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. So is The Village. In terms of the lady in the water is the one where it starts to get a bit shaggy and a bit 
bit woolly. There's a little bit uh-huh. of, you know what I mean? It starts to, there's a goofiness comes into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And like it feels bloated in terms of its tones and its themes and it's like subject, it starts to get a little too shaggy. Um, and you lose that kind of like drive and vision that those other movies have where yeah. they feel, which I feel like he's returned to it. But we'll talk about that with knock at the cabin, but I feel like he's returned to a more lean style, mm-hmm. but this was the, and I think that below in the whims, it's very whimsical. And I think I pull a lot of people off. Isn't it like build is like a, it's a fairy like tale, a fairy basically. tale, like yeah. bedtime story type thing. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah, pretty um, much. Okay. So moving on from there, we have the infamous The Happening. Now, Chris, you haven't seen The Happening, correct? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet, because we're going to watch it after this episode. Yes. Uh, I recent I rewatched it last week in between uh, viewings of Knock at the Cabin. Um, and I think prior to that, this would have been like a D mm-hmm. tier one for me, but I'm going to have to bump it up to, to, to B, I think. Really? To a B? To a B, yeah. I don't expect you to meet me. I'm surprised. <laughs> I think I'm okay with it being a C. All right. It's got awful reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. I just looked oh, at it. It's eighteen percent. I think. Oh, yeah, that was the well. That was the one. Like where that was where everyone just like piled on. That. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Everybody like beat him up real bad about that. So essentially, in a, in a way, it almost killed his career. Almost killed his career. Like in, I think is that the one where he started dead in the water? No pun funding. Because he he funds his movies now himself. Nowadays he does too. Um, yeah, I'm um, not. I think it was around that time that. Well, I think the visit is his first one that is fully self funded. Mm. I think, uh, but you're right. He did self fund Knock at the Cabin. He puts his like properties up. As, Everything like, since the visit has been. Yeah. yeah. So, which is really interesting how he does that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I don't know what the box office is for Knock at the Cabin, but I'm guessing it's doing pretty good because when I went to see it, it was pretty packed. Did you um, see it again or just no, once? just once? once. Um, I went really early and ours was pretty light, but it was like 4 p.m. on a Friday. Decent turnout. And there was, you know, yeah, it full. wasn't like full, but like. I'm throwing, it was about there were other people at yeah. a four. Um, let's have a look. So after the happening, we move into the last airbender. Haven't seen it. It's meant to be a stinker. I've seen it. Oh, you've seen it? I okay, seen do it. tell. Uh, a D. A D? Yeah. yeah. I, I also Okay, we're going to have to, we're going to have to go with uh, what Chris says on this one. Doesn't feel like one I really need to, honestly. But I needed to D. know. And no, yeah, I, I, that's I fair. N- never wanted to. Watch I remember it when again. it came out, I was going to see it with two friends. Like we had plans to go to the theater and and see it. And I got over to my buddy's house, and we were literally walking out to the car. And he, <laughs> I, he had pulled up the Rotten Tomatoes, and he was just like, "Hey, have you like seen the reviews of this?" <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we uh, we ended up not going. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were all big fans of the the cartoon. So, oh, um, really? Because I've never seen the cartoon, and I've had other people tell me you should watch. And I watch it. I'm like, what? No, I'm not doing. I haven't seen the about. cartoon. I've only seen the live action movie. What? What? Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Okay. I, yeah. Apparently, the cartoon's like seminal. It's really good. I yeah. keep it real yeah. for for you listeners. You know, there's I don't. I don't cover anything up. Yeah, <laughs> no shame here. You're not living a lie. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're not we're not pretending to be something we're not. Um, I guess on that note, then I'm gonna have to come clean about the Sixth Sense and that I only saw it for the first time last year. Oh, that's that's fine. That's and, fine. That's not that. Bad. But I also knew the twist. Oh, you knew the twist it. before you saw it going in. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no. It's been yeah. parodied and oh my god, it's, yeah. it's, like, it's like pop culture lexicon. Mm-hmm. Right yeah, now. there's no yeah. way I was gonna. But I still thought it was great in spite of that. I remember Robot Chicken was really big on hating on 
on uh, M Night. Yeah, they have a whole bit where he oh, like twist. Yeah, he uh, yeah, kind of hacky now to mm-hmm. think about. But when I was a kid, I was like, they thought it was got him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Really I, sticking I, it to M Night. I think too, like the older you get, and you, in what once you start to learn about filmmakers in the process and. Or like any art, you know what I mean? That it feels yeah. like a little mean-spirited when people would, you know what I mean? Like mock somebody just yeah. for trying, mm-hmm. just for trying. I mean, I like, yeah, he made some stinkers. Let's talk about the next one from 2013, After Earth with Will Smith. And is it Jaden Smith? It's him and his son. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to watch it. I will never watch that movie. It looks fucking terrible. I didn't have any interest in seeing it. Yeah, I, haven't, I also oh, haven't, I haven't seen it. Seen so seen so it. we're not even going to rate that one. It's the bottom of my list for that because I've heard it's, I've heard nothing but horrible things about yeah. it. And I, yeah. And if none of us have seen it, it's only fair not to rank it because mm-hmm. yeah. it could be a Stone Cold classic. And we don't <laughs> uh, maybe we should watch that after this. No. <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't know. It's, it's got a, uh, an average rating of 1.7 stars on Letterboxd. Brutal. Which I think is the lowest of all of his. That oh, probably, just kidding. Last Airbender is 1.1. 1.1. I think that, that probably hurt Smith's career too. It definitely hurt his son's career as, a, as an actor. But it probably did hurt his career. Um, that was also on the decline of Smith too from being, at one point, you know, Will Smith being the biggest movie star on earth who command the biggest paycheck. On yeah. Earth. I think yeah. this was when he was like that, his days were numbered for that, you know, starting mm-hmm. to come off that crown. Um, okay. So it takes a two year break. What does he do? He's done this big bloated science fiction, two big bloated science fiction uh, movies that were mu- huge, critical and successful uh, like failures at the box office. So what does he do? He goes real small budget, micro budget, a back to basic, straight up horror movie, old school, straight up, scary fucking horror movie, low budget, lean, mean, and it's The Visit. Mm-hmm. You've seen The Visit? Yeah. And Daniel, you haven't seen yeah, it? Yeah, I haven't. The Visit is great. Yeah, I would give it a B. I would probably give it a B too. Uh, huge recommend. Really, um, I really enjoyed it. I need to remedy that. And sure. you, I was thinking too, it brings up something you were talking about when we were talking about 2023, oh, Late 2022, going into 2023, the kind of fall off of postmodern horror or um, what's the expression that they use for horror? Elevated horror. Elevated horror. In the return to like Megan and Barbarian. So like pulpy fun. Pulpy fun. Evil uh, Dead, Sam Raimi style horror mm -hmm, movies. mm -hmm. The Visit falls right in that category. The Visit is just like a straight up, ruthlessly efficient, scary movie with no great shakes to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I would agree. Big recommend to anybody who hasn't seen There's it. There's no big metaphors for trauma, is that what you're saying? I mean, I, I doubt it. There might be. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's the thing about metaphors. So you can pull a metaphor out of anything, you yeah. know? We can make any movie sound like super... I would say the watching of the visit, it's pretty cut and dry. It just shows you exactly what it is. And it, yeah, yeah, that's about it. It's not, not really anything... Complexity-wise, to it, in my opinion, mm, that's but great. it's really that's fun good. and that's creepy. Good. I mean, I suppose at a stretch, you could use it as, um, in a way, you could do that with old too. But with the visit, you could use it in terms of like how society sees growing old as some kind of hor- horrific, kind of scary mm-hmm. thing, and like elderly people as being these, and which X does a little bit too. Mm-hmm. The notion of that, like, there's nothing more disgusting than that lady's elderly body naked yeah you know what i mean which mm-hmm. is is insane because it's just a woman it's what happens to all of us so you could probably get a push get a little arty farty with it in terms of what you think yeah um, but you don't think the movie no, is the movie, trying to do that itself no, yeah no, that's that's no i don't think Shyamalan's is trying to do anything other than being like i'll make something cheap and i'll make it really fun and, yeah. and then everyone's like oh yeah Shyamalan's a really talented filmmaker yeah. it's a fun ride. um okay 
now he starts to go, now he's feeling himself a little bit after mm-hmm. the visit. People are blowing him back up again. What does he do? He makes Split, which is a kind of a ballsy move to make one comeback movie and then be like, okay, let's do it. <laughs> make Split. Where are you guys on Split? I'm a C. C? Mm, yeah. I'm about to see. I'd probably go C2 on, on Split. I really like James McAvoy's performance. Yeah, he's great. It's, it's very over the top, but it's really fun. It's also... One of our earliest introductions to Anya Taylor Joy, yeah, uh, yes, because yeah. I think it's between this and like Thoroughbreds, which is an yeah, movie. Um, but yeah, early early on, I mean, it's a million miles away from where she is now. I feel, mm-hmm. but um, she has a great performance in that, and it's still it's split. I'll say this too: once he kind of shits the bed after Split, but Split again has that ruthless efficiency to it it's it it moves it's it's lean it's 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 going places you know mm-hmm. he, he starts to get a bit well, we'll talk about it next so i mean his follow-up to split is the movie glass now where you i mean i fucking hate that movie if i could give it an f i would i was gonna say <sighs> f for fuck off that's what i'd like yeah, to give it. uh i have it like on the same tier as split but i it's definitely not. It's such a cool idea. I was like really excited for this little Shamala verse. Really, I really love the like beginning of that or like the first hour or so where they're like kind the of set up. Yeah, the setup where mm-hmm. I think it really, or at least for me, I thought it really worked. Where I was kind of questioning, like, yeah, are these people really like, yeah, d- like do are do they have these powers or or you know are they deluding themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the ending I kind of have some issues with. Um, the puddle? The puddle. The puddle, yeah. I've talked about it before, I think. <laughs> um, I, I feel like what you said there, when you're talking about makes you question yourself. So he's, he's, he's in, reintroducing these characters mm-hmm. and making you question, was there a twist? Are these people actually, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It, like, Which is something I think he is doing a lot in Knock at the Cabin too. So I think this mm-hmm. is element perhaps in later Shyamalan movies where he's introducing the notion of either fucking with you or being like self-referential in terms of is is this a twist because we you know what I mean Mm -hmm. there's a period of time where it's like M. Night Shyamalan movies are the movies about with twist endings that's what they do so I feel like yeah there's a little bit of that in Glass where it's like he's almost deconstructing Mm -hmm. what people think his movies are going to be like yeah I think well I think he's always been like preoccupied with um uh, like faith and not in like a religious sense, but just like b- being able to have faith or like lacking faith in the presence of like to believe in things. Yeah, to believe. Yeah, Lady in, in the water is kind of about that too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I feel like I mean, science is kind of like that. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like this. The movie we're going to talk about is heavily about that. Um, and then what's I don't know. I feel like he's kind of trying to do that with class. He just isn't as doesn't do it as well as he. I think he did in this newer one. Yeah, I would agree. I, I think it's just so fucking messy by the end. It's mm-hmm. it's really sloppy. Um, okay, so I've actually added a tier. So we'll go <laughs> S, A, B, C, D. Actually, no, it's the only movie we've got in a D tier. So I'm just going to leave it in okay. the D tier. That's fair. We don't have to punish it. That's fair. Um, yeah. <laughs> too much. It already did that to itself. It already, yeah. It, the, the damage is already done. Okay, old. D. I'm going to have to go D too. D, damn. Yeah. <clears throat> well, uh, that's an that's an A for me. I love that movie. I know. Yeah, you d- yeah. I really, yeah. I really like it. And I was, I went back and looked at like the reviews, and I guess it is uh, another one that's pretty divisive, which I didn't. Um, 
I guess I didn't think it was, but uh, everyone I've asked about it is like, yeah, it's kind of whatever. But I, I don't know. I really enjoy it. I think it's great. I think it's. Um, I just love a lot of the stuff he's doing with the camera, and um, I like how people are like not in frame a lot. Um, I like yeah, the way he moves the camera. The, the way um, the way he moves the camera is super mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. always been a really. Uh, like technically skilled mm. filmmaker, I think. Um, I don't know. I, I really like it. I'm gonna change my rating to a C because yeah. I don't hate it like Glass. I'm gonna I'm gonna put it a C too. It doesn't belong in the same league no. as Glass, so I'm gonna move it to a C too. There's some really cool aspects of it, and I really liked the concept. I just felt like it fell a little flat and was pretty messy all around. Mm. Yeah, I think C's fair because I think there's I think as a as a concept, it's not his concept in. Again, it's adapted from a graphic novel. Graphic novel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this the start of him adapting stuff? I, I think it is too. Okay. Yeah. And which is something I'm not quite pleased about either. Um, mm-hmm. Because I feel like with this being an ad- adaptation and again, the ending being different slightly than the original source material. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that as a concept for an idea, it's a really clever concept. And I think it's like, it's, it's fun seeing how he's going to do that. How he's because I didn't read the graphic novel, so I, I didn't have a preconceived idea of what was going to happen. So it's it's fun knowing the concept of the movie and going in and go like, okay, so how's he going to get out of it? How are we mm-hmm. getting out of this? Which is what I did with Knock at the Cabin too. Um, so I, I think that the movie's fun. It's just I think the movie's pretty depressing. Old, old, yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah. I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I think the last this spat this last like three or four are, are not um, light movies. No. And I think, I feel like with the accelerated pregnancy and old, I find that very uncomfortable. Uh, I yeah. find um, the children being in a sexual relationship because they're advancing quicker to be very uncomfortable. No, there's, yeah. there's, there's some things in it. I feel like it, it tonally, I think the movie's weird. So the premise is good, but, and I understand the concepts and why they're bringing them in, but it adds a tone to it that it, it's, we've got mid-sized sedan, right? Mm-hmm. And they were like, ha, 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 that's funny. And then we got like, yeah, two children being like, I feel like an adult now, but I want to have a baby with you. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's very roller coaster. Yeah. And I feel like it doesn't, it doesn't gel in a way that feels comfortable. That movie. I get um, that. Um, I, I, I don't know. I liked how unsettling it was. It's very unsettling. Um, okay. So here's our rankings before we go into knock at the cabin and we will readdress this. Once we have reviewed Knock at the Cabin. So S tier, we have Signs. A tier, we have Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, and The Village. B tier, we have The Visit. C tier is where the dearth of these are. We're going to have Lady in the Water, The Happening, Last Airbender, Split, and Old. Last Airbender, that's coming out of there. That's going in a Wait, D. What? Yeah, oh, wait, that that's supposed to be in D. Yeah, I think I fucked up. When I did, <laughs> like that, I was like, what am I doing? Okay, so my question to you then. Uh, so D is Glass and Last Airbender. That's fine. Happy mm. with them being the bottom of the pack. I'm curious about this C ranking though, because we have Lady in the Water, The Happening, Split, and Old. Would you say all of those are a pretty even tier in terms of quality? Because I don't think they are. We don't have to get too granular about it, but... I mean, I don't. I think Old is better than all of those movies, but... I think... Um, I think Old's better than Split. I mainly didn't like Split because of the way it handled the ID. It tried to explain yeah. it, and it tried to create... This idea that it's it can create monsters and people and have them act in certain ways. And yeah, I don't. I'm not about that. So it mm. felt tone de- like just kind of out of its depth in that way. Yeah, that makes sense. That um, does make sense. Well, we're gonna leave it there for now. If we need to move anything around at the end, we will. So let's talk about Knock of the Cabin. Okay, I'm relying on you, I guess, Daniel. 
What's the deal with the book? When did the book come out? Oh, uh, I, I don't know that. Okay. Um, but I'll pull it up real quick. Um, what's the deal with the book? The, yeah, I want to know when the book came out. Was book, it was it like a bestseller? Is it kind of... It's called Cabin at the End of the World, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Knock at the Cabin's a better title. Yeah, it's a little less transparent about what it's going to be about. Yeah, right. Um, not, you know. Uh, yeah, it's a 2018 horror novel by oh, wow. Paul Tremblay. Recent. Uh, it won the Bram Stoker Award oh. for a novel in 2019. Um, I don't think it was a bestseller or anything. Got rave reviews. Stephen King really liked it. I think oh. there's a pull quote on it now from him. If you buy a copy That's uh, like today. This, the seal of approval, I guess. <laughs> Um, he probably sells those for like $25. It's like, uh, yeah, on his Patreon. Just, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a book a good review, 25 bucks. Then mow me. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess the book equivalent of like Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes uh, bookmarks, which is a review aggregator, it has uh, rave reviews according to that. So Holy I think it was shit, pretty really? well received. Uh, I haven't read it. Have any of you? No, Jason no, read not. it. Jason, right. who couldn't be on the podcast uh, this episode, he read it and hated it. Less or more than the movie? He hated the movie, right? He hated the movie. I think about on a par was the impression I got. But I think that that's just because Jason didn't like it. That it's again though. We're talking about like a subjective medium. So like yeah. he, I think Jason didn't like. I think it was written in third person present or like it was like in, in a in a weird tense. Mm. So it's the way it's written. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'd like that either. Um, yeah, he mentioned that it, he found it very jarring the way it was written. Um, I, for for example, though, I might really click with that. I might be like, oh, that's cool. Like, I fuck with it being weird, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, also, I'm not really an expert on books. So I don't really... I'm, I'm interested in reading it, um, if for nothing else, because of how different, apparently, the endings of these things are, which yeah, we'll get into a little bit later. But mm-hmm. um, So that's a big thing, yeah. The movie uh, reworks the ending of the book significantly. Um, and I don't think that's a spoiler unless you've read the book and you're waiting to see the movie, but if you've read the book and you're waiting to see the movie, you've already read the book, so you already kind of have an idea what it's about anyway, so you spoiled it for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Trailers for this came out a little bit before Christmas. I'm going to go off right off the bat now and say I appreciate no, the restricted trailer run, and I, I appreciate the limited trailer. I think the first trailer should have kept it that. Yeah, There was an extended trailer, which showed a little too much but I do appreciate the shorter runtime on the trailer for this because I feel like for people who see movies as much as we do, we're very hyper aware of how long they are showing trailers for before movies. And I think that I saw a trailer, waited a couple of months, it came out, which I really like. I like that, like mm-hmm. keep it keep it tight, keep the excitement up. And it, I'm always, always going to see a new M. Night Shyamalan movie in the theater. I just am. I mean... Apart from Last Airbender and I'm the same after Earth, yeah. after Earth. but yeah, if yeah. it's yeah, if it's not like adapted from, if it's not like a, a like a teen movie or a, a YA kind of movie, I'm definitely going to go and see it. So I think hype wise between us, we're probably all pretty hyped. Yeah, I was I was really looking forward to it. Um, I I think well for me a lot of it was uh, I how much I enjoyed old and I kind of felt like he was really getting back into in his groove uh, in his groove. Yeah, and. Um, yeah, the trailer, the, yeah, the original trailer is just really good. It seemed like a really tense kind of like home invasion thriller. Um, and yeah, I was just excited to see where he went with that. Yeah, I, after, I mean, after seeing the movie, the trailer, the first one, I only saw the first one. It did a really good job of, of showing me enough, but not telling me anything and really grabbing my attention to where I was like, I'm going to go see that. And I have no idea what this is about, but this is, looks really interesting. Yeah. 
I really like the name. I think when I when I saw the name of the movie in the poster before I saw the trailer, mm-hmm. it immediately elicits some kind of well, what's the knock? Who's yeah. knocking? Why is there a, mm-hmm. such a great title for a movie? Um, so right off the bat, I love that. Um, the trailer I think is really effective. The first trailer, mm-hmm. um, I love that it's Dave Batista who I think is definitely going through a moment right now. That was another draw for me. Too. Yeah, a huge draw. And I, I'm like, okay, I'm really interested in that casting. I thought the little girl from the trailer immediately seemed very cute and very adorable. Mm-hmm. Shyamalan has a history of working with kid actors mm-hmm. to varying degrees. But I was like, okay, the, like it's getting me, it's giving me some hallmark M. Night Shyamalan vibes. And then once the, the trailer does give away the, the brief premise of the movie, but I was I was on board. I was like, okay, yeah. But to be like, fair, the movie gets right into it. Yeah, the yeah. movie doesn't waste any time yeah. either. Um, so I was right into it. Yeah. So really, really excited to see it. Um, very, very hyped. I would I would say. Um, and it, it wasn't a chore for me to go and see this movie. Like if we were gonna, if I was gonna go and see Babylon or something, I'd be like, oh, I want to I want to see Babylon. I want to talk about it. But like Babylon for me, I just couldn't bring myself to drive to the theater to see it. This yeah. I was like, okay, I'm there. You know what I mean? Just yeah. mm-hmm. jump in the car, head straight down. Um, let's go run into. Spoiler-free reviews um, before we take a break and we come back and we'll, we'll, we'll start tearing it apart. Um, <laughs> you can read into that while you're uh, you um, We're going to start with you, Chris, because okay. I already know where Daniel's at. Where do you think I'm at? If I had to guess where you are on it, I'd probably say you're kind of middling. I think this is Shyamalan's best film. Holy shit. Yeah, it's an ambush. I'd be I don't. Ambushed. I don't. <laughs> we necessarily we, disagree with him. We planned this. On, I'm just kidding. No, um, <laughs> granted, I haven't seen all. I, I'm you know I'm missing a handful, but I really enjoyed it. I think it was nice and tight pacing wise, and mm. it just started and didn't stop. And I didn't know where it was going. I felt very tense. I almost felt the same kind of intensity and and, and anxiousness that I felt seeing Good Time, but not to that level oh, where I had wow. to like leave feeling like I was gonna have a panic attack, but yeah, like right. or fall. So like good mm-hmm. times the most anxious I've ever felt in a theater. Fall is the second. This would be the third. So just a little bit underneath that. Interesting. Really? Yeah, because I just didn't know what was happening and I, I wanted to know about these characters and and just like the lore that they were kind of creating. It just it grabbed me. Wow. I've only seen it once, but I definitely want to watch it again. It was really enjoyable. I don't know if it'd hold up a second time after knowing everything, but we'll see. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with a lot of what he's saying. I think it's a really good, like, just thriller. Um, and it's really tense. And I I bought into a lot of that tension for a lot of it. Um, and I think the I, I love the way that he achieves a lot of that with, um, with like, having uh, Dave Bautista's Leonard be one of the, like, principal actors. And, mm-hmm. like, uh, honestly, the guy that gets probably the most screen time, I would think. Bautista, uh, yeah. yeah. It's pretty, pretty much, pr- yeah. yeah. Um, Maybe tied with uh, Daddy Eric and Daddy Andrew. Um, <laughs> which, <laughs> Are we going to call him Daddy Eric, Daddy Andrew? No, Please. I just <laughs> that is the names, though, is it Eric and Andrew? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Um, that's what Wen calls him, and and Leonard at one point. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Remember when he's knocking? <laughs> oh, at the, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I'll save that for the spoiler part, though. Um, uh, yeah, and I, I love I love how much he uses close ups in this. Love that. Yeah, he does um, a lot. Yeah, that's a good it's point. It's great. And I love how much uh, I wrote. Not to, I feel like I do this every time where I quote my own letterbox reviews, but I love how he like door or he uses Batista to take up so much of the frame, and then um, it just is so much like it's so it juxtaposed with like his calm demeanor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he's such a he's so brute. menacing. Yeah, including um, the sound design of him walking around the yeah, cabin, yep. just like mm-hmm. the creaking of yeah. his 
like weight and massive figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I was, I, uh, I didn't really know where it was going either. Um, I, yeah, I thought it was really tense. Um, great performances all around. Everyone is really good in this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, Rupert Grant is really good. That was really surprising for me. I didn't expect him to be like this. Except his this accent. His Boston accent? Yeah, definitely. There's some bad stuff idea? that was peaking. Who's that? Rupert Grant? Yeah. yeah. I thought it was fine. I think fine. some of his English, fine. his yeah. accent was peaking through a little bit. Really? I don't know. I, Did you not I, catch that? Not too much. I think it's because I'm so used to seeing him in Servant. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like I've, I've fully adapted to his American accent. Oh, this is my first time hearing oh, his right. American okay. accent. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, because he's really good in Servant and he actually steals the show in Servant, but he is, I'm so used to his delivery that it didn't really phase me. Like, I think if I'd seen this and not seen him do an American accent, I'd, yeah, I might have been a bit like, what? Okay. Yeah, that's a good... Um, but yeah, and I, I agree with Chris. I think it's... Um, I've seen it twice now, and I I loved it the first time. I liked it even more the second. And the more I sit with it and think about it, the the, the higher it goes up in my, uh, I don't know, estimation of, of his movies. And I, I think it probably is his best. Wow. You want to join the bandwagon, Scott? No. I, <laughs> I really don't like the movie. Um, but some things I do like. Mm-hmm. I What you said there about the way they, the use of close-ups and the way they capture Batista's frame. There's a scene in the movie where Batista reaches in and picks one of the guys off the floor tied to a chair and he lifts him like it's nothing mm-hmm. because he's such a, like a, a massive... And I think... Let's talk about the cinematography. So this is going to blow your mind. The guy who shot this movie... Shot The Witch, The Lighthouse, yeah. The Northman, what? Shimmer Lake. Yeah, he's Robert Eggers' guy. Oh wow! Yeah, there's a yeah. that uh, that one podcast I sent you. There, when the interview they talk about, he talks a lot about working with him and the approach to like shooting interiors with that guy because. And the draw was he like fell in love with the lighthouse and he loved the way he shot like the interiors of that uh-huh. movie so that he wanted to work with him. <sighs> Tell you what, so there's a lot about this movie I really love. I I think the movie's beautiful. I think the lead performances by Daddy Eric and Daddy Andrew, which we'll get their names correct on the second half when we have time. Um, I love their performances. I think mm-hmm. the actors are delivering, a re- they're very committed, uh, fully capable of handling what's been thrown at them. And I think those, I think the couple, the, 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 the husbands are incredible in the movie. I think they're really, really good because they're playing two very different types of people. Um, and it's very complimentary and like the performances are very, very good. I think Batista's really good. He is really good at, especially for a wrestler. So we know wrestlers to cut promos and Batista wasn't known for promos. He's not like, um, he's not like Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's not like, oh, mm-hmm. the, rock. Well, the rock. You know what I mean? <laughs> he doesn't, he, he's, because Batista also did MMA too, didn't he? So Batista, yeah, I think he did. So Batista's also like a, he's not what I class a wrestler wrestler. He's not like a, He's, I think he came across like Brock Lesnar did, where it was like MMA into wrestling. Mm-hmm. So he's not really a wrestler in the terms of the the pomp and circumstance, you know? Um, so I think with him... Yeah, he was always kind of a brute. I used to watch wrestling. Yeah, uh, he was always brute. kind of like the brute, like heavy. Yeah, guy. I mean, like, look at him. Yeah, he looks I mean, like... Yeah. And Brock, Les- Brock Lesnar looks like that too. He looks like he would destroy anything that's in front of him. Mm-hmm. And I think he's very aware of that. But when you see him play a character that is using that... Uh, and it's it's ingenious how they cast him for this because everything about him is threatening. Mm-hmm. And then the for him to be so comfort, comfortable and confident in playing somebody who's the exact opposite of that, but then Shyamalan relying on the fact that he can lean into it and lean back and forth it mm-hmm. in, in order to like push you as an audience to be like, okay, what's happening? 
Like, is he who he says he is? Is yeah. he this very sweet, gentle high school teacher or is he this monster? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Perfect casting. Ingenious. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he is so good in this movie. Yeah. Ingenious. Um, there's a lot about the movie. I like, I just despise the ending of the movie and we'll get into it. Mm-hmm. I can't say anything cause it'll just be too many spoilers, but <laughs> that's pretty much where I'm at. And I'm, and I, I keep thinking I'm going to have this like moment of acceptance when I move past it and perhaps this podcast will be the time where I do, but mm-hmm. I do need to get it off my chest. I've already told Daniel about it a little bit about how I feel, but uh, something really bothers me about the, the, the specific, some things that they used specifically to forward the narrative and like some references that they use in uh, iconography or like the, I, I wish there was a way they could have told this movie with, with bypassing certain themes and using it, telling the story without including I can't say anything, but anyway, that's about it. I love how cryptic that is. I'm excited. Okay, okay, (laughs) cool. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. Thanks for sticking around so far. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to get into spoilers for Knock at the Cabin. Okay. All right. Are we literally taking a break? Like, I I, I could, I I might, don't keep this in, but I'm going to run to the bathroom. Totally keep that in. Doesn't he get the remote control from Bed Bath and Beyond? Yeah, and it's like, who's the guy that gives it's, it to? It's him? Christopher Walken, isn't it? Is it Christopher Walken? Is yeah. it really? That's hilarious. And it, yeah, it's the uh, Bed Bath and Beyond remote control. That is really tragic. Is there a do-over in that movie? Does he go back in time and not, not do that? Yeah, he, he like undoes it eventually at the end. Um, It'd be kind of cool if there wasn't though. <laughs> yeah, He's just dead. It's like there's no Christopher Walken's like there's no do-overs, dude. This is the end of this romantic comedy. You fucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because that's right. Because he's um, he's like an inventor. Well, I forgot what he does. But he's an architect. Ha- architect. That's right. Yeah. He has his two kids, and then he Works like misses his kids growing up because he's yeah. like doesn't have the time for them. Too busy with work. Because uh, David Hasselhoff keeps like because he's his boss, and he he just like keeps him buried <laughs> in work. Because <laughs> you don't hassle the half. Yeah, the whole reason no. he gets the remote is so he can like skip through work, sp- skip through the work parts. I think, and or or is it? I don't. Know. It's been a minute since I've seen it. Yeah, I, I think he probably goes in and skip through the work parts and be with his family. If I remember, but then he's like, oh, I also need to skip through my family so I can get back to work to finish this job. Yeah, and then yeah. it's like, then and then it's like, I want to skip through confrontation because mm-hmm. I don't want to deal with this. Skip through everything, and then it's like, yeah, and then you miss everything. Man, the shit with his dad and like Henry Winkler is so sad too. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Henry Winkler, isn't it? It's yeah. his dad, isn't he? It's kind of a brutal movie, honestly. Like, we, I, I mean, we I, gotta I, do I cried a click when I watched episode. it the first time. We've got to do a click episode. <laughs> now I'm t- thinking about it. Like, yeah. It's pretty, there's a, a lot of themes in that. I think it's a yeah. lot of stuff to talk about. Yeah, I would, I would be down. I love that movie. Okay, so stay tuned for our episode on Click coming soon. <laughs> Hello, and we're back um, from our brief break there. Um, we're talking spoilers, as we always do, for Knock at the Cabin. So I don't know where you want to start, truthfully. What are we going to do? Do we want to... Do we wanna, Eric likes to start at the end and work backwards. Um, well, I, I think that's probably the part we're going to have the most uh, disagreements with. Okay. So, so I'm done and start yeah. there. Start it? Yeah, let's get everyone done with. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... Starting at the end, working backwards. Here's the premise for the movie. Um, I didn't do it in the first part, but you can fucking Google that. You don't need me. I'm not your daddy. I don't need to look after you. You can look up a premise for a movie. So here's the, we have a couple, two men and their adopted daughter 
who I might add might be the cutest little thing on planet earth. She's adorable. Mm -hmm. The whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, oh my God, like she's the cutest little thing of all time. She's great in this too. She's great. Yeah. Um, I love so, her opening scene with, with Batista. Not to oh, move yeah. away from the end. No, but, no, um, totally. Yeah. So they are basically um, going on a family vacation to a remote cabin in the middle of the woods. It looks like a nice place, probably an Airbnb, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. And they're going out to stay there. They only just arrive. They're not there very long. I think it's almost on the first day. It is on the first mm-hmm. day. Once they arrive, they're settling in. She's outside playing. She she is... Um, catching grasshoppers. Catching grasshoppers in jars. And she's like studying bugs. She's very much into that. While she's out playing and the, and the the parents are setting up the house, I should imagine, all of a sudden, out of the woods, walks this big old beast of a man, Dave Batista, dressed in a white shirt and a pair of uh, trousers. Almost looks like a Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. Walks out of the woods very mysteriously and just approaches a little girl. Red flag, red flag, red flag. Yeah. The little girl is obviously aware of stranger danger. She doesn't want to talk to him, but he seems very peaceful and very calm and actually very sweet with her. And he's playing with her and he's talking to her. And then he's like, I'm very sad because today we have to do something that's going to, somebody's going to get hurt and it's very, very tragic. So essentially, I don't really need to explain beat by beat, but what happens is Dave Batista joined by three other people. We have two women and another man. Rupert Grint plays the other um, male character and I'm not sure the actresses for the other two female characters. Both very good. Yes. Mm -hmm. Once again, everybody knocking it out of the park in their performances in this movie. So we have four antagonists who descend upon the cabin to take hostage this small family with the express interest of proposing that there is an ultimatum that needs to be made. One of the family, the family themselves is forced into making a decision to kill. One member has to leave. They have to make a sacrifice. Essentially, they get asked to make a sacrifice. And that sacrifice, they are told, is for essentially uh, on behalf of the rest of the world. So they present the situation whereby if you do not make sacrifice one of your family for the greater good, a plague upon plagues is going to fall upon the earth and what's going to happen is it's essentially judgment day. So if you do not make the decision, what will happen is everybody else in the world is going to suffer and die. And then your family is going to be left alone to walk the earth in what's the remains of this um, tarnished hellscape mm-hmm. that lies ahead. Or if you do decide to make the sacrifice, we can save the fate of humanity and mankind gets to live on. You'll unfortunately be missing a family member, but mm-hmm. you can... Everybody else can move on. So, it's, if, are, you, are you willing to make a sacrifice for the greater good, without, on based on purely on blind faith, that what you're being asked to do is actually going to happen? This is actually a thing that's going to be happen. And how they how they set it up is with the four characters, the four antagonists. They essentially ask them four times. You get mm-hmm. four chances to answer this question. Every time you refuse to make a decision, a small plague is unleashed. Ultimately, and it goes from one plague, two plague, three plague. If you don't make a decision by the fourth plague, that's the end of the world. That's mm-hmm. when the shit hits the fan. And that's the premise of the movie. And it's all played out in one location inside this cabin, shot in more or less entirely inside the cabin. Very mm-hmm. rarely do they leave the cabin. Um, Outside of the three or four flashbacks, I think. Yes, um, precisely. And then some, uh, we do leave the cabin when we look at news reports of events that are unfolding. Um, which is a clever use. It's a clever use of bringing that in through the television inside of the house, which Mm -hmm. I think is a really cool use of telling that story uh, or portraying the events that are unfolding without having to jump across, like it's not Geostorm or it's not like going suddenly, meanwhile in like um, Brazil, Mm -hmm. you know? So we feel that 
anytime it moves away from it, we still feel contained because we're watching the news reports in real time with the family as things are unfolding. So it's very effective, I think. Um, so the ending really boils down to the the family decide. Well, essentially, one of the part, one of the men decides that he wants to sacrifice himself. He's like, I've seen enough. I believe that what is happening is really happening and that we need to do this. And I want our daughters to grow up and have a life. And then the other partner is like, well, she will do with us. And he's like, no, but what if that's true? What if it's just us that's left on the earth? I don't want to be selfish about our love. I want her to be able to go out and have meet somebody, have a relationship, have yeah. a full life, explore the world. And, and, you know, so he's still technically making a selfish decision because he's doing it on the behalf of his daughter and not for everybody else. But he makes a decision to sacrifice himself uh, and then gets killed. And then we find out that the earth is basically being saved. And mm -hmm. the, the, the plagues cease. The plagues subside. Um, still being a lot of damage done because this still took four guesses to get there. Yeah. Four chances rather to get there. And a couple hundred airplanes. Yeah, a couple hundred airplanes. I mean, it's pretty catastrophic, the events yeah. that have unfolded and the world will never be the same again afterwards. And flying's going to fucking suck. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's going to yeah, be airlines are going to take a real hit. TSA um, gets even worse than it already is yeah. now. You got to take your shoes off again. Yeah. Right. Time to look into Greyhound stock options. I mean, even would you fly after an event like that happened? Hell, I absolutely not. I already don't no. enjoy it that much. And that's exactly. Like, <laughs> no, absolutely not. Exactly. So the movie really ends and there is no twist. So that let's talk about that first. Shyamalan is known for twists. At what point of this movie were you expecting there to be a twist? Or did you, or what point did you realize the movie was going to be what it says on the tin and it was going to, there was no twist? I think it was at the very end when I realized there was no twist. That's when I realized that obviously there's no twist, but like the whole time, <laughs> like, like kind of what you were talking about earlier, Dan, I don't know if it's on this episode or not, but we'll talk about it. Like yeah. Shyamalan's the twist guy. And there's that expectation. And I think for at least for me, I'm watching his films and I'm trying to figure it out and trying to put the pieces together of how can this be turned on its head and, and trick me, the viewer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and that's kind of how I watch this movie. And now I'm, I like that there's no twist. It break. I think he's breaking out of this, this box that he's put himself in. I agree. And I think there's something clever too about the, the use of that though, like him being aware of the fact that you're waiting for the twist mm -hmm. and him, yeah. he does drop hints the throughout the movie. There's no twist. Yeah. In, for, for, throughout the movie though, he suggests that they could be, mm -hmm. you know, that he's mm -hmm. starting to like, they could be an out here. They, this could be all staged. This could be yeah. a Reddit group or like some hideous yeah. 4chan group that's spiral out of control. And this could be some conspiracy theory. And I, and I like, like that all know. of these things though are like, are, um, are like kind of valid uh, concerns. And I like that, no, they totally, are all yeah. brought to you from the point of view of Andrew, who mm -hmm. is like, I, I guess for lack of a better term, he's the skeptic here of the daddies. Yes, uh, of uh -huh. yeah, of, of the of the family. Um, uh, the thought, but yeah, right. and like I, I like, I don't know, I, I like how he's like he has a line towards the end when um, I think Eric has kind of made his decision. He's like, he's like, do you really think this is all like coincidence? Um, and he's like, I have to believe that. Like, I have to believe that this isn't, you know, happening. Like he, he, even though there's, he's faced like, it's right in front of him proof that this is actually, this is literal. This is happening. He still has to hold on to that belief that this isn't happening because it's too, like, it's too horrible to accept. Which is also, if you think about it. So earlier on, part of his suspicions come from the fact that he recognizes Rupert Grint's character. Mm -hmm. Redmond. Now, 
it turns out that it is Redmond. It's a, it's actually yeah. him. He, he does recognize him. He's not just imagining things. Yeah. He recognized him because he was assaulted in a bar and basically what is like a gay bashing assault or like a, um, which is awful. It's a, ter- yeah, it's a terrible it's a- thing for him to experience. And he said, uh, after the events that he, he went through years of therapy and it like completely shattered his life. And, and so as somebody who has experienced the worst and experienced that, him saying that he has to be logical about this makes sense because that's how he had to be about what happened to him because he mm-hmm. couldn't, he had to, well, did he, well, it's, he's in an interesting position based around what happened to him mm-hmm. where he is in a, like, he has to believe in the worst because the worst happened to him. Yeah. I, I think it's also a nice touch that he's, uh, I think he's like a human rights lawyer. He is. Uh, yeah. So lawyer, he's yeah. like, he's been exposed to like, he, he even has a little spiel where he's like yeah. the worst of men. Yeah. The worst of what people can do to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, he's very bo- Both like in a general sense and personally. Yeah. Um, he's gone through it. Um, and yeah, I, I think I love how that is, or I love how they play or Eric and, and he are kind of played off of each other sort of opposites in that regard where I feel like, cause there's the flashback, uh, with the family visit. Yes. And remember, and, um, he's like, that's my mom. That's probably my mom calling, asking how it's going. And then Eric, uh, no, Andrew has like, he's like, well, you can tell her you were wrong. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, because the, his partner's family, um, is very loving, very doting. And then his family is very strict, straight laced. And, and you see them leaving and they're kind of like, oh, and he was like, they just drove 13 hours to come here, find out. Yeah, 45, yeah. yeah and then left. For, stay 45 yeah. minutes. Yeah. I mean, he, he serves as the pessimistic point of view that many people ha- can have, I think. And Eric serves as the uh, optimistic. Mm-hmm. And I think with the whole like gay bashing piece, like it's probably really scary for him to, to, to believe that people can be good after that. And Eric is like super trusting and very open and very like, I don't know, just like willing to see the good in people. And Andrew just seems like he's just kind of like turned his back on everybody. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Eric never had a glass. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. For sure. I mean, so, but no, you're right. And that's the point. That's what these characters are playing. They're playing, they're playing, uh, somebody who's willing to believe in love, willing to believe Mm -hmm. in the, in the best in people. And then somebody else who's had that knocked out of them, like completely knocked out of them. All of which is great writing, all of which is great performances. Uh, they telegraph that very, very well. But with the ending, yeah, so there's no twist. It, it is literally what he says is going to, what Batista says is going to unfold, literally unfolds. Uh, now, let's just get it out of the bag, like get it out of the way with right now. My problem with the movie is none of that. My problem with the movie is not that there's a twist. I actually like how there's not a twist. I like how he teases or he drops like a little acorn for all those people who are sitting there trying to figure out the twist. He gives you a little bit, but he, but, and I like how that he doesn't satiate your, um, thirst for that. The performances and the writing and everything. I cannot, and now we were talking about this too. We'll not get into it too much on here, but obviously the blowback about this movie in it, but how it would be considered, um, offensive, mm. um, specifically for the portrayal of the fact that this had to be a gay couple yeah. who, were a same sex couple who were going through that. Uh, I, I think that's, a completely illegitimate point. I think the movie addresses it early on in a very cute and very clever way. Uh, in and I, I don't know about both actors, but um, is is it Eric the more Jonathan bo- Groff? Yes, is, he's is the... he's he's a he's an open gay man. Like yeah. he's like very famous. And like in what world do I think somebody that smart and that he's like a gay icon? Like why would he make a movie if yeah. he felt like like that's not he wouldn't do that? Like mm-hmm. we're talking about like. The, the, that is such a stupid criticism to level at the movie. I yeah, think. I, I feel like there's I yeah, it's just a small contingent of people that seem to think that the ending is kind of endorsing a conservative worldview mm-hmm. in that like, I don't know, no, that queer, queer people need to like 
suffer for the better of society. And I just don't, I'd like, I don't know what to say to you if you, that that's how you read this movie. Yeah. I think that, yeah, you, you need to like, you need to get off the internet. I think you're a little too much like Andrew. Yeah. You're honestly. triggered. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Uh, that's how I, I read that. That's I just didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with that being said though, um, my issue is, and I said this to Daniel Ike. So the four antagonists, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, mm-hmm. there's a lot of Bible scripture read in this movie. We know it's the end of the world. For me, my issue with the movie, and I might not be smart enough to fully verbalize how it made me feel, but it made me feel uncomfortable because I don't like the fact that the movie supposes, A, that anything that happens in the Bible is real. As somebody who's a, a staunch atheist, I don't like the fact that the movie is basically doubling and down on the fact that the end of times is actually real. Mm-hmm. In that I do not like the notion that it supposes that it it hints it, it like a an, another being. He sees a figure of somebody in the room and like a spiritual element. So we assume that it's God. You might have seen. I do not mm. like a movie. Or I do not like the fact that the movie doubles down on the fact that for this, these events to unfold and for the story to unfold, that the events that take place in the Bible have to be true and that there is a God and our God would be somebody who would force two people who love each other to, to make a decision to save thousands and thousands of other people, millions and billions of other people. Mm-hmm. But then before that, we'll also let millions and th- hundreds and thousands of people die on the lead up to that. Because all those other people die in those plagues. One of those plagues is a plague on children. Yep. And my thing is, and I'm, I do not mean this as any offense to anybody who's listening that this is Christian or does believe in God. And I do not, you're entitled to believe in anything you want. But for me personally, fuck that. Because I don't want to believe in a God that would do that. And I don't want a movie to double down on the on that being a situation that would happen. That's what, that's what bugs me about it because yeah, yeah. that makes me really uncomfortable because not that I'm going to say that people are going to take this literally, but I should imagine a lot of people do take this literally. And a lot of people who are very, very Christian or very, very conservative will take that as being, yeah, well, that's what the Bible says is going to happen. This is the decision we're all going to make. I personally want no part of your God. That's terrifying. Yeah. And I, and I think that's ugly and cruel. Yeah. And that's not how I believe if they're personally, I do not believe that if we do have a higher power, I do not want to believe in that higher power. Well, I wonder, cause this movie really plays on faith mm-hmm. and you know, Andrew says, I have to believe I'm hearing with you, Scott, like you have to believe that this kind of faith that other people believe in cannot lead to these, these circumstances. Mm-hmm. Like it's your own form of faith to not have faith in this faith. 100%. Yeah. Um, so let's yeah, unpack like that, that then. Yeah. <laughs> because yes, that is true. I have to believe that 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 kind of a thing could not happen and that could not be real. And I have to as well. Um, in which case, what troubles me is, is I don't like whatever rhetoric comes from the fact that I don't believe Shyamalan's religious and I do not, I think he likes to talk about question and faith. fascinated with, yeah. um, like that, Belief but I don't faith. think he yeah. himself is. Mm-hmm. No. And I think, do I believe that he's pushing some kind of archaic agenda by, by this? No, not at all. I just think that it's unfortunate that it has to boil down to that when mm-hmm. I see the movie. Um, because, and that's what I mean is I, I wish there was a way of telling the story 
make it extraterrestrial, make it something, but don't double down, don't by accident double down on this religious dogma that I think is crippling people moving past anything else. Because if we are talking about, if we are talking about the Andrew being made to believe that he needs to believe, he needs to believe in the greater good, he needs to believe in other people, and he needs to believe in the the beauty of humanity, that's being controlled by a God who's easily toying with them and killing them. Like, mm -hmm. how does that work? Like, why should he believe in that? Because... Well, I don't... I don't think that he, that's what he... I don't know. But I'm just saying that's my read of oh, it. Oh, right, right. And, and, and my read of it is what troubles me. Like, mm -hmm. I, and I just can't get around it. Like, I and like yeah, make it extraterrestrial. Make it, like, all spiritual without it being literally biblical quotes that we're using. I'm, I'm curious, because, like... If we look at like extraterrestrial, we look at sci-fi or anything like mm -hmm. these other films he's done, they're fantasy. Mm -hmm. Could this not be a fantasy because you don't believe, you know, fantasy for you. But I'm hearing that maybe what you're saying and like, it can be damaging for people that do have these beliefs and to embolden them. That's, yeah, that's what I think. I think it's a little reckless. Yeah. With, I can um, see that. With that. Um, yeah, that's kind of, and which is also why I think it's dangerous too, because I, do I believe that with the whole same-sex marriage uh, outrage and how it had to be a gay couple who mm -hmm. were experiencing this. No, I don't believe he's doing that at all. But the minute you also frame it around a faith that staunchly, vehemently thinks that that is yes. against God's mm -hmm. will, and then double down on the fact that their God is right by the end of it, then you're basically rewarding the people for watching this and taking that read in the first place. Yeah, I agree with that. Because I mean, By the saying, oh yeah, by the way, you are right. Your, your Bible is right. So everything that you said that's in the Bible that said these people can't be together, mm -hmm. that's also right because this is how this is how it's going to go down. And and, and your God isn't a yeah. your God isn't a loving, embracing, forgiving God. Your God is a cruel and 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 vengeful God. You know what I mean? I don't like that. Yeah, I see where you're coming. That's from, how for I sure. see God. I, I mean, don't like Old Testament God. Like this is not. I like. I understand where you're coming from, but I don't think this is a new. Like no, it's not a new depiction, take. Yeah, no, no, depiction no, of God. No, no, totally. But no, and, and yeah. That's uh, also why I'm saying that. Like that, I choose not to believe in that anyway. Even yeah, it's because of that. It's because of that rhetoric. You but know I, I, mean? I kind of like that the movie does posit this, and I don't know that the movie ever Leonard. I don't. Other than Leonard, I don't think the word God comes out of anyone's mouth. And he only uses it to say he describes the last plague as like God's fingers will scorch the earth. Um, but you I don't have think to say it once though. Don't yeah, you? like to mean the make the whole thing. Yeah, because they can't just be like diet God. If you, if it's the end diet of the world God. and we're talking about God's fingers scorching the earth, yeah. then yeah. it is a biblical plague that's falling upon the earth. Well, yeah, um, but I I I don't know. I I mean, I don't like <laughs> it, but I'm okay with it being, uh, I guess, literal in the in that sense. And that um, I don't know. I'm. And, it's just and, not yeah, as much of an issue. No, for I know. Me. And, and, I, and although I don't the, like, yeah, yeah, I, and I'm aware of the fact that this could read as me saying, "I don't like this because this movie doesn't follow my beliefs." No, but, I don't think but, that's what you're. No, saying but at you all. could read it at that. You could yeah, read it as that, being yeah. like, "You don't like this movie because you're an atheist." That's n and like, and that's not really what I mean. Yeah. I mm -hmm. like this movie. I like all of it, but because I'm an atheist, I have issues with it. Yeah. Um, which stops me from loving the movie. I think that's interesting because while I'm not an atheist, I'm not agnostic, I'm just kind of like whatever, you know, I'm not really spiritually inclined in that way. So I didn't even really catch reference that this was a biblical like plague or any kind of biblical apocalypse. 
I was like, oh, there's some crazy shit happening, and this is some otherworldly forces. Oh, really? I never thought of it as like specifically biblical Christian God mm-hmm. that was doing this. I think it's yeah. also because I was like raised like super strict Roman Catholic. I was raised, I was raised non-religious completely. Oh, so. really? So yeah. I was, I could, yeah. I was getting all the clues. Like I grew up Methodist, so like I was familiar with that too. Yeah. But yeah, I, I guess I, I also. I don't know. Having seen it twice, I still, I mean, it is like literally happening and these plagues are happening, but I don't, I just don't see it as, as, as I don't know, as there being, I, I still like, I kind of, yeah, I kind of view it as like fantasy yeah, and not like, like there's a God causing all of this to happen and punishing these people. Like that these events are happening, but I don't think that they're controlled by like a higher being. But then my why God's sense. fingers touch and scorch the earth. Well, I think because that, <laughs> I mean, they, it is because literal, it exists though. in already in like humanity. Like it's, 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 you um, think he's using it as an expression? No, I just think he like, like that is already a story we tell ourselves that exists in this world. Well, some people and tell themselves. Well, some people tell story, themselves yeah. and like, so it's it's just like a frame of reference, I guess. Like I I don't know what else you'd like. Also, I think it just sounds cooler than like uh, lightning's gonna set the world on fire. Yeah. Um, really? I imagine a giant finger coming down. Yeah, just, right. I literally just at like one point I kind of thought that there were gonna like like Bioshock. Yeah. yeah. Which yeah, I totally. I think I would have hated if like a big palm just came down and like every <laughs> like very up. Monty Python. Uh, <laughs> that's like yeah, that would have yeah. been pretty lame. Um, and I'm willing to admit that over time I'll probably get over my hang up about it. Yeah. And like, and it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Like there's so much more I like about the movie. I like, mm-hmm. and so many more interesting discussions we can have. So just, we can move on from that now. I think I just get that out of the way. Well, I think um, that's fascinating. Well, though, that I, you I think that does like tie in ultimately though, to like the, the question this movie is asking, like at the very end is like, what well, was this worth it? Well, let me ask you this then. And I'll, we'll, we'll go to you first, Chris. You're gonna do this as part part of the fun of a movie with a uh, a premise like this, mm-hmm. which is all horror movies, I guess, all thriller movies. It's like, what would you do? What would I do? What would you do in that situation? I have no idea. Um, I don't know if it'd truly be worth it to live in a world without the person I love or a fractured family, and have to deal like if let's say like. I live and I have to kill the person I love mm-hmm. and our child and I have to go on and live our lives. Like, are we really living? How much do we have to recover from that? And how much work do we have to do to, to move beyond that? And everything that we would carry and the fact that the child would even know that I did that to my partner. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I love people and I love life itself and I have no fucking idea. I hope I never have to be put in that situation. Uh, I think the... Uh, well, Actually, okay. So Daniel, before I say what I think, because yeah. I think I've got an answer to it. Yeah. I think I've got a. I think I've got a get out of jail card. Um, okay, Daniel, what would you do? Um, I don't know. I mean, I think I would. Kind of impossible to say. I, I think I would react a lot like Andrew does in this. And in, in that, but I'm not. I don't know that I'm atheist. I'm agnostic. I don't really buy into. I don't think anyone can know. Well, nobody Any, can know. Yeah, really. Um, yeah, and yeah, you're very um, presumptuous to assume that you're an atheist. You know what I mean? You are though. Like. It's it's just as crazy to believe that there's nothing to believe that there's something. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, because like literally, we have no idea. So yeah, I just uh, I guess I'm I'm agnostic in the sense that I don't I don't feel like I need to devote any of my time or brain power to like considering it. You're anymore. more ahead in the yeah. I'm just gonna kind of live guy. my life and not <laughs> worry about. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> um, uh, not worry about. I don't know if. 
I'm really curious how many viewers we're gonna gain or lose. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> we are, yeah. I, I mean, I don't have an issue with like I don't know. I, don't I was raised. My mom is Christian. I was oh, raised yeah, religious. Me neither. Me neither. Uh, um, I, I just it's not for me. I mean, there are parts of that. You know, there just like there are parts of any kind of belief system that are um, yeah can be made ugly and uh, hurtful. Christianity just happens to be one of the larger <laughs> ones yeah. in the world. Um, yeah, I don't really. I think I don't know that I could ultimately go through it. Go through with it. Uh, well, I think that that I would just kill myself. I would just offer to die immediately. Yeah, I think it's the easiest way to do it. So I, because I don't think I could, I could sit with killing somebody I love. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Now, in no way in hell, and say for example, in this situation, there's no way in hell that kid's dying. Like no way. A, the movie's not going to let it happen. And that's a different movie. That'd be wild if I always kill a kid. Um, well, should we talk about that? That happens in the book. Because the, yeah. No. Yeah, she yeah. accidentally gets so in shot the book, instead of the nurse. In the book, Andrew gets the gun and Leonard and him are struggling for it and it goes off and kills Wynn. Oh, but yeah, that's different than them both being like, let's just kill Wynn. Well, yeah. right, yeah. They don't kill Wynn. But That'd like, be wild. Wynn gets killed and it, because it's an accident, it doesn't count as it the sacrifice. It doesn't count, so then the end of so the world So Sabrina happens. and Leonard like ask them two more times and the, and I'll, I haven't read the book to be clear. This is just a, I, I had to look up the ending to see how it was different. Uh -huh. Um, and at that point they're like, well, they, yeah, they, they just agree to face whatever comes. I actually like that ending better. I like that ending better, but there's nothing left to live for. So yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I yeah. think I would, I think I would. Apparently the book also leaves it a little, like a little more ambiguity to whether it's what's actually, happening is yeah. happening. Oh, God, um, see the movie could have done a little bit more of that. I think, I don't that would know. have been a lot more unsettling if we didn't know. And it just I ended. think, yeah. I mean, that would be heavy. You'd be coming out of that thing and be like, holy shit. It like, would be an undefined twist. Yeah, I kind of love that a little bit. Um, I think, though, like for me, like my solution to it would be like, it's got to be me. I would just be like, kill me. Yeah. Just shoot me. Because I'd rather make the sacrifice myself than have to kill somebody. I, I, I would hate to kill somebody that I love in general and not have them in my life and then have to deal with the fact that I killed them or that they asked me to kill them. Mm -hmm. And then I like either way, that would be hor horrific. And then I wouldn't want to live in this new world anyway without them. Mm -hmm. So the easiest way is whether or not this is actually real and whether or not it does come fruition, the easiest bet, the safest bet is like, just kill me. You know what I mean? But then again, though, that makes somebody else have to put, you have to, it, that's selfish too, because I'm putting that responsibility on somebody else too. So yeah. when yeah. I think about it like that, you flip it like that, it's kind of interesting. Because yeah, I'm asking somebody else to do what I can't do. I don't think there's a good answer for it. Oh, to be honest. Yeah, I, um, a choice has to be made. And that that was a lot of the motivation for him changing the ending, based on the one of the interviews I listened to. Is that like he he didn't like that the book posit like brings up this question and like end up not ends up with him not like not making them make a choice. It's like if you're gonna introduce that like his in, in his mind like. They have to make the choice. They had, someone has to, like the choice has to be made at some point. Mm -hmm. You can't just like he. I guess he. I think he felt like the end was sort of a cop out. A cop out. Well, yeah. I mean, it kind of is. Yeah. Way. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I really don't know what I do in that situation. Hmm. I don't think I could go through with it. And, and I don't think like I'm. I don't know. I'm terrified of dying. I, I'm. I'm not going to offer myself up. <laughs> 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 I mean. Yeah, I'm pretty tough, right? I mean, but also I don't have a kid. You know, I'm sure that changes things, complicates things, obviously. Um, but I think I well, I think having a kid though would make it a little easier, in a way, because I if if 
from what I understand from people who do have kids and tell me about how wonderful their children are all the fucking time. Um, <laughs> like, I give a shit. But um, it would, yeah, I'm really burning bridges on this, <laughs> this episode. But, um, we don't I, hold anything back here. Yeah, I My think, mom's going to love though, this one. It makes it easier. It makes it an easier choice because if that's true, if you do have a child and you're like, oh my God, I only love my, like my whole life is my child now. Like I'm second place. All I want to do is protect and nurture this beautiful, wonderful creature. It makes your decision a little easier because it's obvious that you, there's one, one of the three is safe immediately. Yeah. So mm-hmm. then it's just like, okay, well, our uh, biggest responsibility is making sure she's, she, sure she's okay. Mm-hmm. Who, which one's the best of us to raise her? Who's she going to rely on the most? Who can do the best job? Because we've really got to figure this shit out because she needs to grow up. We need to make sure she gets raised properly. It can only be one of us. Which one of it's going to make the best? But okay, if it's you, perfect. Get rid of me. You make more money. You can support her better. Get yeah. rid of me. You know what I mean? I think that's probably why these two characters are so different from each other and complement each other. Because what if they were kind of very similar? Be like, no, I'm the best one. No, I'm yeah, the best totally one. right. There'd yeah. be no decision. It'd yeah. be a stalemate. Yeah, totally. And it's also nice that it's such a loving couple too yeah. because i think it'd be interesting too if it was like a really toxic relationship yeah. like, you'd be like it did let her just ask the first question and one of them just shoots the other one and yeah. you go done done easy yeah. i don't get to go to jail for this perfect <laughs> been wanting to do this for years wait i get to kill her and i can still save the world win-win <laughs> or vice versa I'm here on my you own know, life yeah and for everyone else yeah totally um it's a fascinating i mean yeah and that's what that's why it's such a great premise for a book or a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, anything like, okay, so what do we want to talk about? Like, there's I mean, a lot. There's yeah, a lot. Yeah. A, um, I feel like we barely touched, um, we barely touched a lot of the, the way in which he's portraying a lot of these events happening. Yeah. Um, which mm-hmm. I think is fascinating. One thing like, I found really interesting, it'll be kind of quick, is the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, but they represented kind of inverse of the actual Horsemen of the Apocalypse. You have, what is it? It's famine. Pestilence. Pestilence, war. Which is disease, right? Yeah. yeah. And plague. Plague. Uh-huh. And they had healing, nurture, yes. guidance, and malice. Yep. And then they mentioned, I think it was Eric was like, what if this was how it's always been happening? And this is, people have always had to make these choices over all of these years. And so I felt that like this movie was kind of positing that, that there had already been a four horse in the apocalypse maybe many, many times. And this was just a, a version of them. Oh, I never got that. T- that's, I like that take a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it's like a cyclical thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, really, and maybe they represent have been different aspects decisions. of where humanity is at currently in its stage of evolution or what humanity could use more of. I don't know. Oh, I love that mm-hmm. take. Actually, I just pulled that out of my ass, but that, oh, that's I, pretty yeah, good. I, I really like that too. Um, and I had it's not it's kind of a similar thing, but I I liked I talked a lot about this with uh, my buddy Hunter, who I went to see the movie with. Um, but I was really impressed by the, the use of flashbacks, and I feel like if uh, some of those represent um, the presence or absence of those aspects as they relate to the Horseman in in Andrew's life, yeah. So like the stuff with his parents is like the absence of like nurturing, mm-hmm. you know, from your parents. Um, and then um, like the aftermath, my favorite one, it just sounds horrible to describe this as my favorite flashback, but the the, bar scene? the aftermath, no, well, not the oh, bar scene stuff, but the, the aftermath, aftermath of it. Yeah. And like you literally see the malice building in him. 
yes, for, as he's training, because of what he's he gone through. He picks the, the gun up. The way he's yeah. holding the gun, like he's almost yeah. shaking yeah. while he's holding it. Like I would not sell that guy a gun. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> but um, I, I really like that. I, I loved the the use of flashbacks and the way they do that to kind of convey Andrew and and, and Eric's kind of like outlooks on life or like mental states yep. without having those characters just like lay that out through like through um I can't, I can't think of the word just dialogue dialogue you know? actually, yeah. yeah exposition exposition dialogue. um and I, I think the placement of those is really important um because I, I took a lot of notes when I saw it the second time like the first one happens like right after the break-in and it's the one with the parents yes the second one is right after Redmond gets sacrificed and it's them adopting Wynn Mm-hmm. The third is um, is immediately after the tsunami, and it's them in the in the on the way to the cabin singing uh, when they're playing uh, boogie shoes oh, in yeah. the car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the last one is the um, right after he accidentally shoots Sabrina with the gun is like the flashback to the bar scene, the attack, the aftermath of that, um, him buying the gun. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I just I just like what those do. I think they're they're placed really well. Mm-hmm. I agree, and I th- I really love the like just how they develop those characters uh, without without just having these people like outward just directly tell you how they're feeling mm-hmm. or like what you know what what's in their head. Um, some yeah, I th- I really love the flashback. The use of flashbacks. Are there four flashbacks? Four, yeah. yeah. Uh, from based on the notes, yeah, I, I think, think that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah that's, I think that's definitely right. seems intentional. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, uh, I don't know where I was going with that. I mean, but. I think I, I, I would have liked. Does it, does the movie need it? No, but I think it would have been nice also to had some flashbacks for the characters, uh, for the four antagonists. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think you can't do that too, though. We can't really, we can't humanize them too much because we still have to believe that this is an inhuman act that they're doing. Yeah. So you can't really go too far back. Mm-hmm. But they do. I think give, what we get though is good. Yeah, we do, and we get information so we get like um Rupert Grint's character uh, Red, um, Redmond Redmond yeah. we he explains what happened in it and also like um how he was beaten as a child how mm-hmm. he was dealing with a lot of stuff and he was projecting his anger outwards and how it wasn't the right thing and he was down a dark path and I was trying to turn his life around and make amends for what he did so you'll find out about that the other lady who has she's I've got a son Adrian, yeah, and like yeah. yeah and she's making breakfast for um and I think there's like there's a, there's really nice touches and Leonard's character when he's talking about the kids in his class and like how amazing they are and mm. and stuff. So we do it. It is peppering in uh, their backstory without being too like we don't. Yeah, we don't really need the flashback. It'd be nice yeah. if this was like a serialized TV show. Mm-hmm. You could probably do something pretty cool where an episode on each character. You know what I mean to show how they get there. But then again, though, the minute we do that, we're taken away from the fact that of the twist. Is there a twist? Is there a yeah. twist? Um, but I think they do enough to like humanizes these people in a sense but and also like i i think they're almost as conflicted as andrew and eric about what the like the decision like not the decision that oh, they're but making whether or not they're um, there for the right reasons yeah like, if it's really yeah and i think that's really cool how they do that too mm-hmm. shake um, it shakes their faith mm-hmm. yeah um like I, there's even one point after i think it's after redmond's dying or his dead is dead where like adrian is kind of like she's really shaken by it and you can tell she's kind of like i am are we doing the right thing here yeah is this shit got too far Mm -hmm. too far is this like a mass hysteria that we're experiencing or like some kind of shared delusional um yeah and psychotic break mm -hmm. and especially when they like when they turn on the tv and like the first tsunami thing is just like this little like 
you know, knee high one, and mm-hmm. then the big one comes. And Which I have an issue with that. <laughs> Just it's a small nitpick. Okay, let's do it. But there's we have uh, footage of another tsunami hitting off Portland, mm-hmm. coast of Portland, and it's yep. a guy filming on the beach. Yep. How the fuck did they get that footage? I mean, that person yeah. clearly died. Yeah. I- <laughs> Yeah, how exactly. they get that 4K footage? Yeah, was he live streaming it to like YouTube or something? <laughs> yeah, from his like camcorder from 1996 or whatever. Uh, yeah, it? yeah, that, that's it. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, the movie wouldn't stand up to a lot of the stuff. I also think it's interesting. He's like, oh well, this is pre-recorded feed that they're feeding in. I'm like, mm-hmm. come on, what are we talking about? Like, are they really like? Did they cut the wires and like set up a thing like a relay service? To so your TV would only show that laptop with pre-recorded stuff that was going mm-hmm. through. I like that though because I feel like yeah. that's the kind of like. I don't know, and obviously I've never been in a situation anything like this, mm-hmm. but I feel like if when you're faced with like this horrible kind of like, ra- like to you're, you're trying rationalize to rationalize in any way shit. you can yes. to, to make, yep. to convince yourself and ties back into the, like, I have to believe thing. He's mm-hmm. doing anything mm-hmm. he can yeah. to, to like try and prove that this isn't actually what it appears to be. Yeah. Even right. faced mm-hmm. with like direct proof that it mm-hmm. is. I mean, and I like, the, I like how they use the proof is through the television. Mm-hmm. Um, it, so, that Great for Sham- me, Shyamalan cameo too. Yes, yeah, I guess he's <laughs> one of the so news funny. anchors, isn't he? All yeah. of the like, yeah, great, because um, he's in all of these movies. So I like the use of it. I think it's clever. It is immersion breaking for me though, because it feels cheap. It feels a little cheap. It feels like it's a little too like a the CGI. Obviously, he's, he's self financing. It's the CGI is not that great. The mm-hmm. tsunami doesn't look that great. The airplanes falling from from the sky. Whilst a beautiful and stark image, mm-hmm. and it is. It's a very like eerie image of these planes just like falling like stars from the sky, which yeah. I think is beautiful. But the it's a it it's a it's, it's immersion breaking because it's a little too chintzy compared to the how beautiful and organic the rest of the movie feels mm-hmm. when we cut to the TV scenes. It's just not 100% believable. It's not 100% believable that when you put on the TV, you're not like getting a fucking though. commercial for Snickers or something. Because like, you know what I mean? If yeah. you actually flip it on the TV, you'd be like, oh, two seconds. Here's a trailer for like Super Bowl, the new Super Bowl, or whatever, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then it, like a Geico commercial, then it would go into the news. It's a little too convenient how it just switches on and it's like that. It's already there. You know what I mean? Um, so for me, it's a little immersion break, but it's still very effective. Yeah, well, they're timing it. Which is another oh, that's another right. yeah, um, yeah. another thing that uh, Andrew tries to use to, to rationalize that this is, like that they are not who they appear to be because um, these events happened earlier on and they're just yeah. time to show them the events when they happen. Mm-hmm. But then again, though, if you think about it logically, there's no way that all these events are happening at the same time. Like, not unless it really is the end of the world. Like, you wouldn't have this crazy plague destroying children. You wouldn't have these typhoons hitting. You wouldn't have all these plagues. Like, that's not a slow news day. That is like, you know what I mean? That's yeah. like, it's like 20,000 uh, 9-11s happening at once. You know what yeah. I mean? That would be like, we would all think it was the end of the world in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. I mean, we thought it was the end of the world with the pandemic. And that's yeah. just one thing that they're dealing with. So yeah, I mean, it's interesting. That there's a, You can't, there's no way to tell a story without the way they've told it. You're right. There isn't really. Yeah. Unless they I, did like radio broadcasts and kind of did like War of the World, World style. style. Yeah. That would have been cool. That would have been pretty eerie. If you set it a little further back in the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, oh, just there's no signal out there and all they have is this old radio that mm-hmm. they find and dust off and they're yeah. like, okay, we'll use this because like I can't get phone signal out here or whatever. I think um, that's further lead to like, is this really happening or not? Is there a twist? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's actually, I like that a lot. <laughs> they should have done that. 
that would have been really cool. Then it'd be like that movie Frequency with Dennis Quaid and it's like actually just like Leonard from the past trying to reach him in the future. With the, whatever, I haven't you know? seen that one. Oh, that movie's so good. Uh, it's really good. Um, I think I have a movie spoiled for me every time I do one of these episodes. Oh, really? I love it. <laughs> I mean, it's Frequency with Dennis. I'm not really spoiling it oh, too yeah, much. Oh, no, yeah, no. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Okay, I mean... Fuck that the, movie. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a lot of time. We, we can't really break down every character. Suffice yeah. to say that and I said it before, all love, lovingly portrayed. Yeah. Like, I think like there's a care about the, like these characters matter. They, the four horsemen, so to speak, are fleshed out, individual, interesting, dynamic people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which I think a lesser movie would not give them that credit. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that's what, I, I think the movie is better for it. No, it's, yeah, it's for 100% sure. better um, for it. What about, okay, let me ask you this then. Um, what do you guys think of the scene, which I think is a really good scene, at the very end, after all of the, end, the events unfold, they are sitting in the car, radio comes on. Song, switch the radio on, it's the Boogie Shoes song. Mm-hmm. And then the on, off, on, off, like how that plays out, I think is really, really effective. Daniel has a really good take on that. I agree. I do? Yes. What kind of remind me of what it is? We were in the car and you were talking about like, oh man. Because we talked about this, we just took a, a drive mm-hmm. somewhere for the weekend. Um how you like the the way that song is tarnished now yeah oh yeah or changed like the um, meaning of yeah, it yeah yeah i guess i i just really like that if, uh, looking at it as like things are technically okay now and there's there's this like remnant of when things were okay and it's present now but it's forever changed it'll net like it's fundamentally altered like what it means to you now and I, I like the, the starting and stopping of it a lot and how long it holds on them and their kind of like their reactions or lack of and how they just sort of sit with like, I don't know. To me, it's, it, it's sort of them sitting with like, are we going to be okay? Like, is this, did, you know? Yeah. Like, it, is it okay to like listen to this song that we just listened to as a full family less than a day ago? Yeah. Can we move? Should we move on? Like, is, is this weird? Like, you know? That's what but I then ultimately him. the acceptance of yes, let's do it because we have to move yeah. on. We have to. We have to. This song has to come back into our life. And so I like it on both levels. I like the way that you were saying it when it was like, this was when our life was good. Now our life is good again, but it's not the same as it was when it was good beforehand. So then the yeah, it's of good the in the sense changes. that we're still here, but yeah. like, yeah. Which I think is fucking really cool. And then also the acceptance of like, we have to boogie again. Like we have to dance again. We have to laugh and love again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember the past and it has to be back in our lives and we can't run away from it because it's going it, to, it's a decision that was made. You know what I mean? Like, and it's a, I think that's a really, 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 really killer bookend to the movie. Yeah. Um, I, I like it a lot. And it really confuses me that some people read that as like the movie coming down hard about like they did the right thing everything is okay oh, that's now not, like i just don't know how you can read how that the hell people read the movie like I don't so know. off like that yeah. there is no right thing it's no. not black and white in any no. context everybody i think it's really beautiful has had to make a really awful choice yeah um, yeah yeah i really love that that end scene so i'll i'll speak for eric a little bit because eric couldn't be on the podcast because it's the super bowl and he's you know, he's such a bro, he's into sports. Um, <laughs> I think he's waiting for like the San Francisco 49ers to be the page, or whoever played now. I think chips. it's the Chiefs and the Eagles, right? Yeah. The, chief, the Chiefs and the who? The Eagles. And they're still called the Chiefs? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> they play in Arrowhead Stadium. 
Oh, really? Yeah, that's what it's called. What about who's the halftime act? Who's the music? Rihanna. Rihanna. I was going to say, because yeah. like when Beyonce does it, it's sick. There's yeah. a lot of memes about like. Uh, Wait, isn't uh, she pregnant? Rihanna. Rihanna? I think, or maybe she had the kid. Oh, okay. She had a kid recently, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. she and uh, ASAP Rocky have a kid. Man, she's just back cool. at it. Yeah. Imagine if your parents are ASAP Rocky and Rihanna. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know awesome. what I mean? Yeah, totally. At least it's not like Black Eyed Peas or something terrible. This yeah. Or, uh, Aerosmith. Yeah. There's like some. Somebody nobody gives a shit like, about. Yeah. Anymore. Or like The Who. Oh, that was terrible. I watched uh, The Who one. The Prince one's really good. Have you seen The Prince mm-hmm. one? The Prince one's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it's super good. Because it's raining. And I think he's playing um, Purple Rain in the rain. I think. <laughs> I might be. Imagine, I don't know. But it's really cool. Um, and it was funny when we were talking. I was looking up the lyrics to Boogie Shoes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, let's see if one gets it. No, there's nothing to the lyrics. Yeah. If the lyrics are like, do, 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 da, da, da. I want to put, put on my Boogie Shoes. It's like, you know what I mean? But Great, great choice of a song. Um, I I, just, I really like the scene too with the flashback of it with them. Like it's so like pure, like just love between joy, these three yeah. people. It's very who, touchy. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, um, who wouldn't want to be in a car with their parents singing that song and having a great time, like going on a trip? That's like adorable. It's like yeah. mm-hmm. it's everything you could ever want as a kid to be surrounded by music and love and laughter and like having fun and going on an adventure. Um, so to speak to for Eric, so Eric gave me his quick synopsis of the movie because mm-hmm. uh, he wasn't going to be on the podcast. Eric's really down the road on it, middle of the road, didn't really like that much, liked it more than old. He, um, Eric's feedback was two things, didn't like the kid actor, does not like kid actors. Makes some good points great. about her, like, which I do kind of agree with too though, in a sense that like, but, and I don't blame her because I'm just, I think she's so cute. Like I'll, I'll, I don't really care about it too much, but there are scenes where, and I agree with this, like, I can kind of see that she's coached and she's trained. So there's a little bit where she doesn't feel that naturalistic to me because she's acting and she's very good at it. So it doesn't feel too natural to me. It feels like a child actor who's been coached a little bit like prepped mm-hmm. with the, some of the way she moves and she acts. And that's fair enough. It's difficult. So it's like a kid too actor. polished of a, of a performance. Perhaps, yeah, but I'm basing this on the fact that she would act me under the table, any other thing. I thought she was really good. I, I mean, yeah, she I, was a child. Eric she just is. hates, so Eric hates kids. Let's just get it out of the way right now. Eric's anti children. Um, he would have probably killed the kid first. That's what he said to me. <laughs> when he would give me a review. He's like, why did you shoot the kid? Easy peasy, movie over. Yeah, another one. Um, Eric, I hope you're listening to this. And then, um, and then his other takeaway was Eric was kind of like, should I get off the pot? He felt like it wasn't, it was like, it was a little tiptoey about the, like the apocalypse shit. He was like, he wanted it to be, and I, I'm mm. only, I might be butchering what he said, but the impression I got was that he wanted to be like, if you're going to go for it, go for it. Like if we're going to have these plagues and all this stuff, like really go for it. I, think, I feel um, like it did. But, but I think it did. Or, yeah, yeah. It's a budgetary thing too. I mean, you can't go too yeah, far. Yeah. But I think he, he, I think he said it bothered him a little bit, like the, the vagueness of, is it, is it real? Is it, is it, is it, is it? And then it is real rather than being like, just fucking have it be real. And it just, just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Hates kids, wants the world to burn, loves the Super Bowl, um, and doesn't like the podcast anymore. That's Eric. <laughs> um, okay. We'll I wrap like, it. I like those. I, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I, yeah. Let's wrap it. Let's wrap it. Any, do we want to talk about the fast 10 trailer at all? <gasps> Have, have you seen, seen it? it? Have you seen it? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, oh let, me, let me preface this, what I'm going to say, though. So I was, you told me that the Fast 10 trailer dropped the other day, yeah. and I was like, okay, I'm going to watch it. And then I'm getting a text from my buddy in Chicago, and he's like, oh, Fast 10 trailer just dropped. I'm, I just watched it my break at work. 
And I was like, holy shit. I was like, I can't wait. And he was like, yeah, it's crazy. He was like, he's like, um, it's almost as if uh, Dominic Toretto, he just calls him Toretto. He's like, it's almost <laughs> as if Toretto now has developed like these kind of control over his vehicle where he can control it with his mind. And it's like a Jedi <laughs> thing. And this is what I think about the Fast and Furious is that I actually was like, oh, wow, they're going there. Cool. And I was like, I, I was like, they're going to have force powers in it now. And logically in the way things have gone, I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm up for that. So I was a little disappointed that there wasn't force powers when I saw the trailer. But other than that, though, yeah. holy shit, that's holy a trailer. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> it, um, man, the, there, he has the, the, the thing with the helicopters. There's basically, yeah. like, they ripped off of Avatar 2, um, <laughs> which like knowing that he was on the set of Avatar the, 2, now I'm kind of like, yeah. mm. I was like, I, yeah. see, I see you, Vin. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I, I'm hyped about Momoa being in it. Yeah, yeah and he looks be... so silly in it too, <laughs> which is amazing. And I love that they're kind of like retconning him in from five. Yeah, totally. As like the son of the, uh, yeah. the, the joke dealer for the murder across the body. Totally. Yeah. I was, but, I, but the trailer was, I was like, is that what they're doing? And I was like, hell yeah, yeah. they don't give a I, shit. I was like, this is so <laughs> stupid. I'm all in. It does have a good line. Momoa has a really good line though, where he's like, and I, and I love how it looks like it's leading up to Back to basics, but just having yeah, a street race. That's dude. how we're selling this uh, shit. Yeah, I'm so stoked if which, that's the route they go. Which is insane because they're like doing these insane, like multinational, like globe trotting adventures just to space go back in the last to, one, I know, they? totally. Yeah. And now it's just like, we're just having a street race. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but Mamoa has a really good line where he goes, That's the thing about having such a big family. It's how do you decide who to save first? And I was like, That's a pretty good line. I like that. Yeah. And But the, some people got to die in this. Yeah. I need. Yeah, Tyrese. I, I need gotta die. Told, <laughs> <laughs> no, they would Tyrese is never gonna let them also, kill him let's off. Let's talk about Han but, and Statham. So yeah. you know when Han, and he's like, "Can you still drive?" And then I'm like, I, "I'm not there yet. I'm not yet where I want to see them to hang. I don't want. I don't want to. Like, it just feels a bit weird. That yeah. But he's so well. Cool, like, and Cena's seemingly on their team now. Wasn't he the antagonist in like two movies nine, ago or nine? Well, nine. Yeah, yeah. So I'm. Yeah. It's very. This is like the end game of. of their, <laughs> I think you know what someone pointed out on. I, I was reading on Twitter uh, the other day is that uh the rock is technically the guy that killed momoa's dad no but uh, yeah, I guess <laughs> yeah, he would be, yeah so he's not no. yeah totally. so now uh, someone was like man i hope they just like momoa references like killing him off screen and like it's like it's wouldn't like, it be yeah, amazing just, if they just wrote him just like just shot hobbs diesel <laughs> like, probably could it. write him off like that and then just get like <laughs> so a stunt funny. double to play him and show him get his ass whooped like super easy and then, because you know, Rock can't get beaten up, we can't have like too many punches it'd on be screen. So petty! I hope they do something oh, like that. God, wouldn't that be amazing? Uh, yeah, that'd be the ultimate trolling. <laughs> but like, also, how do you make how do you make Jason Momoa not look cool? Because he just looks so bad, and I like that's what I was loving about it. I was like, he looks terrible. It's like he doesn't even look handsome. He looks terrible. I know he does. Yeah, there, there's another post I read where like people were like, "Are there deep fakes of Jason Momoa in the trailer?" <laughs> like, it's incredible. <laughs> he looks so weird. <laughs> it's already going to be my favorite movie of 2023. Oh, and I'm also, stoked. you know what I love is they always come out my birthday. They always come out my birthday, and usually on my birthday. Are we doing 40x for this? Oh, uh, oof, might need it. <laughs> Did you watch number nine in 40x? No, I watched it in um, it IMAX. Was I think insane. Was it insane in 40x? Insane. I felt the shotgun cocks in my body. I felt every little movement that didn't I didn't need to feel. It wow. was like a, the, a theater park ride. Was it overwhelming? Theme park ride. Uh, no, I liked it. Okay. I had some friends I went with. They fell asleep during it. They were wow. like being rocked. Wow. Nine's pretty it. fun. It's got some cool action. I think eight's really good. I feel like if I'm going to see any movies in 40X, it's got to be like those. Going you to the space scene was incredible in 40X. Oh, right. <laughs> Tag yeah. recent space. Really. Yeah. It was like it was almost like 2001. Yeah, yeah I tell you, like, holy shit. Um, 
It's really good. And it's got the best name. Fate of the Furious is a really good name for the movie. But they, so this is Fast 10. But Fast 10's two parted, isn't it? It's a two part. Is it? Is yes. It? It's like a Mission Impossible. It's like a two part. So it's oh. going to have, um, I think oh. it's two parts. It's a part A and a B, which is why the trailer is so long. It's so a part of minutes, minutes almost. This, I think it's, tra- I, I might be wrong in this, but I think it's the trailer's both movies because when you're watching it you're like there's no way all this shit can be in one movie because it's so (laughs) cool i think it's they've shown parts in both movies let's do a fast 10 episode that's set in stone are we uh, absolutely are we definitely we're gonna do a fast and furious tier episode oh yeah absolutely can we do an i want to do that as a dedicated episode though because we have to talk we have to talk family we've got to talk about you know what i mean there's so much to talk about we have to talk about it looks like yeah, I think it we, looks we should, like yeah. Vin's mum's in. It looks like Toretto's mother's in 10. Mm-hmm. Did you, who's that yeah. old? That's Toretto's mama Toretto? She's not been in any of them, right? No. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. amazing. Because yeah. we see his dad in 9 briefly on the race car track um, mm-hmm. when we go back that flashback. Mm-hmm. Um, oh boy, it's going to be so... We yeah. were going to do a full tier list. Separate from the Fast 10. We're going 1 through 9, separate. It's just, and it's going to be seven hours long. <laughs> and then, uh, then we're going to do an episode, a standalone episode. Okay, we're going to wrap it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks everybody for sticking around. We hope Thank you have you. a great rest of your yeah. day. Adios. And yeah, peace. Bye. Yeah. Bye-bye. It's not